Bug Jargal by Victor Hugo, Chapter 5 In the midst of these blind illusions and hopes, my twentieth birthday approached. It came in the month of August 1791, and my uncle had decided that this should be the date of my marriage with Marie. You can well understand that the thoughts of happiness, now so near, absorbed all my faculties, and how little notice I took of the political debates with which this colony had been agitated for the past two years. I will not, therefore, speak of the Count de Peignet, or of Monsieur de Blancheland, or the Colonel de Maudit, who had such a tragical death. I will not attempt to describe the jealousies of the Provincial House of Assembly of the North and the Colonial Assembly, which afterwards called itself the General Assembly, declaring that the word colonial had a ring of slavery in it. These miseries which overturned all minds offered no more interest than the disasters which they produced. For my own part, in this jealousy which divided the Cap and Port-au-Prince, if I had an opinion, this ought to be necessarily in favor of the Cap, as we were inhabitants of the territory and of the assembly, of which my uncle was a member. Only once did I mix myself up in the question of the day. It was on the occasion of the disastrous decree of the 15th of May, 1791, by which the National Assembly of France admitted free men of color to enjoy the same political privileges as the whites. At a ball given at Cap by the government, many of the younger colonists spoke in impassioned terms of this law, which wounded so cruelly the self-respect of the whites, perhaps well-founded. I had, as yet, taken no part in the conversation— when I saw approaching the group a wealthy planter whom the whites received merely upon sufferance, and whose color made one suspect his origin. I stepped in front of him, and exclaimed in a loud voice, "'Pass on, sir, or you may hear words which would certainly be disagreeable to those with mixed blood in their veins.' This insinuation so enraged him that he challenged me. We were both wounded." I confess that I was wrong to have thus provoked him, and it is probable that what one calls the prejudice of color was not sufficient to excite me. This man had for some time the audacity to pay certain attentions to my cousin, and had danced with her the very night upon which I had insulted him. However, I saw with enthusiasm the moment approach when I should possess Marie— and I was a perfect stranger to the state of political ferment in which those around me lived. With eyes fixed on my happiness, I did not perceive the frightful storm which already almost covered our political horizon, and which ought, in breaking, root out its existence. The mind, itself the first to be alarmed, did not think of a revolt among the slaves, a class too much despised to be feared. But there existed, alone, between the whites and the free mulattoes, sufficient hatred to cause this volcano, so long suppressed, to break out throughout the colony, which might entail the most disastrous consequences. During the first days of August, a strange incident occurred, which threw a slight shade of uneasiness over the sunshine of my happiness.' 